CJ, your prompt for this week is uh, sand. Sand. It's okay. sand. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. It's a beautiful sunny day. Um, I wish I could go to the beach. Uh, I don't think we have any like extravagant plans to escape the hellish winter that is yet to come. Oh, yeah. I I do, but we'll hold on. We'll get to that in a second. Hey! Welcome to the Talking Podcast with your host, Kenny Caesar. Hi, CJ. Hi, CJ. Spiked my own headphones on that one. That was pretty loud. Uh, this is the show where we talk over TV shows and movies, typically chosen by our guests, but we got no guests this week, so it's just going to be CJ and I, and we're going to talk about some shit that we saw recently. That's right. Just catching up. We're just catching up. Uh, but before we get into that, I, I am going to somewhere sunny. That's right. Uh, this this week i'm going to egypt wow yeah it should be uh pretty interesting i have never been obviously <laughs> um but yeah they got sand there and uh and pyramids and stuff so i'll see i'll see all of that how long are you going for uh it's only four days there or four nights i guess but uh oh, okay. with traveling it's like five five and a half that days. was my follow-up how long does it take to get there a long, a long time, long, long time. I don't remember how many hours, but like more than twelve. Um, gotcha. A uh, one flight yeah, though, nonstop I, or? No, I wish uh, <laughs> transferring. I think there I'm transferring in London, and then on the way back I'm transferring in uh, Brussels. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter though. I'm not going to leave the airport or anything, but yeah, it's going to be long. But I'm flying uh, business class. And I'm pretty sure, at least for the flight over the Atlantic, I have, like, the laydown seats. Oh, wow. The seats that, like, go flat. So I, I should be Damn. able to hopefully get a little bit of a little bit of sleep, which will be kind of cool. I've never, I've never been on anything like that either. So this should be yeah. all, all pretty cool. That's what, yeah, I feel like all these credit card points, are, I got to, like, decide what to use them on. Like, one trip to, like, really go all out with. Hell Yeah. Credit card points are the only way that this uh, trip is happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. It, it, they're the best. What are you most looking forward to? Seeing the pyramids. That's yeah. that's really it. Um, going into, uh, I think I might be able to go into the pyramids. I can't remember if that's something we're able to do or not. But yeah, just seeing it and the Sphinx and then uh, going to see some tombs and stuff. Nice. But yeah, I think the pyramids are the, the big bucket list thing for me that I, I want yeah. to check off with this trip. So. One of the seven cool. wonders of the world, right? That's right, yeah. What are the others? Uh, Chicago. That's probably number one, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, on that I list. don't know. Uh, Stonehenge? Um, is that one? Probably, which seems kind of boring. I think the Great Wall of China, Stonehenge. I think, is one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We yeah. have the internet. We can figure hey, this out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that more next time. But this time, we're talking about shit that we saw recently. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to go back and forth and just talk about some movies that we saw that we just want to talk about. They're either good or bad or in the middle. But Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a mix. Um, I'm happy yeah. to go first because this actually transitions Please. well into my first pick because um, okay. it takes place kind of in around that area, which is uh, oh. 2022's Black Adam. Black Adam. What have your powers ever given to you? Nothing but heartache. I was a slave until I died. Then I was reborn a god. 
my son sacrificed his life to save me. Now, I kneel before no one. That takes place in Egypt? Or around it, there? It, around there, yeah. Because he's like, oh. he's been in a tomb the entire time and then gets like woken oh. up. Well, I know nothing about Black Adam, clearly. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. <laughs> So this is this is a DC EU the the DC extended universe uh, movie starring none other than Dwayne the Rock Johnson as the titular Black Adam, um, directed by I'm probably going to mispronounce his name so apologies, Kwame Colette Sarah Sira, who Ken you might know is uh, the director of Orphan. Oh okay, nice. Yeah. So same director. This movie is bonkers. It's just all action. The entire time. And you might be thinking like, well, what's, what's so wrong with that? Uh, it's a, it comes in at two hours and five minutes. And I guess what is sort of wrong with that is that there's barely a plot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just action and, uh, and not, not much else. Yeah, you get, you get backstory on Black Adam. That's how the movie starts is, is you're like back in time. Okay. Um, but like once he is woken up, he does not stop fighting people the entire two hours. God. It, That's got to be in The Rock's contract, right? Is that <laughs> there's a certain number of minutes of the movie that he has to be fighting people? Yeah. And we're comic book nerds, you and I. Um, yeah. I'm going to go down the list of other DC sort of superheroes that are in this movie. And you let me know oh. if you recognize any of these. <laughs> Okay. Probably gonna be not gonna be many, but let's see. So the main guy that sort of forms this ragtag group that is uh, initially uh, formed to fight Black Adam, we have Hawkman. One word. Nope. Nope. Yeah, me neither. Nope. Uh, <laughs> we have Doctor Fate. No, that one sounds cool though. He is kind of cool. It's played by uh, Pierce Brosnan. Oh wow! So what's that guy's power? He, um, he's super old. I think he's kind of like immortal. He can sort That's of. That's his power? He can he's sort so of. He's so old? See, yeah, he is old. God. He I'm can sort of see the future. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he's got a shiny gold helmet. He's kind of like a wizard, I guess, is how. I, I would equate him to like a Doctor Strange type. Okay. He's like. Cool. He's, he's mystical. He, he's kind of, I would say, is like the best one out of this group. Then you have Adam Smasher. Oh, no. Is that Black Adam's like bad guy? Because he's sorry, Adam Adam's. as an A T O M, Atom Smasher. Still, oh man. So that's basically had never heard of him before. It's basically their Ant Man, except he only grows. He doesn't shrink. He only gets big. <laughs> why Adam Smasher then? If he can't get down to know. like the atomic level, why would you call him that? No clue, Ken. Oh, my God. And then we have uh, Cyclone. Cyclone. Okay. So fast? Nope. Nope. Oh, uh, spinny? Uh, not Air, really, no. Airbender. 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 Yep. There you okay, go. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this like sort of big budget, like you got the rock as the leading man and I've never heard of any of the, the other superheroes. I mean, to be like, honest, nobody from the Black Justice Adam League either. <laughs> so. Yeah. That fair. Black Adam is in the sort of like Shazam universe. Yeah, so th this is literally in the same yes. universe as the movie Shazam, which also I haven't seen, but is there much crossover there in the movie? There's crossover in this one in that it's more or less the same power set as Shazam. Okay. Um, so he can fly, 
He's basically invincible. Like he can't really get hurt by anything like bulletproof, etc. He can shoot out like lightning bolts out of his like hands and stuff. And yeah, just extremely strong. Okay. So basically cool. all of the same thing as Shazam, except I don't think Shazam can shoot lightning bolts out, but he can fly and is like strong and invincible. Does Shazam show up in this movie or is that a spoilery thing? No, it, um, he does not show up in this one, but there is going to be the next Shazam movie is coming out soon. And I, okay. I assume there would be some overlap, but I might yeah. be getting that wrong. Um, okay. I will say the... The end of the movie, the sort of like po- their version of the post credit scene is uh, Superman shows up. You see him for two seconds. Superman? Like the DCU Superman? Yes. Like, uh, what's his the face? The same guy. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because uh, the, the woman in charge, the government agent uh, person who put together like the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So she she like sends a drone to Black Adam and is like, "Hey, you've got my attention. We'll leave you alone as long as you stay within that country. If you leave, then we're coming after you." To, to, it's kind of like a, "We'll leave you alone if you leave us alone," kind of thing. Okay. And Black Adam is like, "There's nobody on this earth that can take me. Send anybody. Send them all." I think is what he says. Like. Okay. And then he destroys the drone and then Superman shows up and says like, hey, we should talk. And then it ends. That's it. <laughs> Intriguing. Yeah. Huh. I will say there is a cartoon movie called uh, like Superman versus Black Adam or something like that. Hmm. It's on HBO Max. I started watching it and then I was like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I <laughs> So like so much content and yeah. you got to draw the line somewhere and apparently it's there yeah. for you. So that's interesting. So all that being said, I, I, the one experiment I would love for somebody that is not me to do is sit down with a timer and start the, while watching this movie, start the timer whenever there is not fighting. Because I bet if you totaled all of that time, it would be like 14 minutes. Mm-hmm. There's... This entire movie is just Black Adam beating the shit out of people. Even in the post credit scene, he's he's beating up a, dr- a drone, right? So Yeah. <laughs> the main villain of the movie, too, I didn't get into. It's really not that important. It, he's basically like Satan's Shazam. It's like this devil guy that has a horns and shoots fire instead of oh, lightning Jesus bolts and Christ. has like a pentagram on his chest. That was dumb. And Black Adam, uh, spoilers, he wins. Oh, who saw that coming? What? But he literally rips the dude in half. Oh, that's cool. Like, vertical-wise. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You think... I, I was like, oh, he's trying to pull the, his horns off of his head. He's got, like, devil horns. I was like, oh, he's, like, trying to pull the horns. Maybe that'll get rid of his superpowers. Like, nope, he wasn't trying to pull the horns off. He was trying to literally split the guy in half, which he does. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dang. All in all, the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is a 39%. This was not a well-loved movie. 39%? 39. Full-on splat. Somehow, the audience, I assume just because the rock's in it, is an 88%. What? Oh, come on. Yeah. I give this, like, a five. I gave it a two and a half stars on Letterboxd. It is entertaining because there is nonstop action, but it's by no means, like, a good movie. 
Okay. <laughs> I I'm probably just never gonna watch it. I don't know. I'm not that deep into the DCU as I am the Marvel stuff. So. Yeah. And even the Marvel stuff, I'm not sure I'm following it anymore. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. You seem anytime that's been brought up, it seems like a chore for you to have to. Give, you don't seem like excited when the new Marvel thing comes up. Well, I think this is a good transition actually because uh, my first movie is something I watched last night called Thor: Love and Thunder. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dead bod of God, Bard. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. Oh, God, she'll die. Oh, you finally got around to that one, huh? I, yeah, we, we threw it on because I've heard mixed things, and I think yeah. they are valid. Uh, <laughs> but this is, of course, uh, 2022's Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, directed by... Never Taika Waititi. This man's name. Ta- Taika Waititi? What did you mm-hmm. say? Taika Waititi? Taika, uh, Taika. Waititi. Waititi. <laughs> okay. It's fun to say. It is fun to say. And yeah, uh, Thor and uh, woman Thor, and they they fight a guy with a cool sword, and that's uh, that's the whole movie. Uh, yep, Natalie Portman is. Uh, so I don't know. This is something they keep doing in the MCU, but anytime there's a like a variant or like someone who has the same powers as someone else, they call them a blank. So in in She Hulk, she's a Hulk, and in this movie, Natalie Portman is. A Thor, I guess, because mm-hmm. she is able to wield Marjorinern or whatever the, the hammer's name is. Yeah, which is weird to me because Thor is that guy, that dude's name. It's not like just a mm-hmm. moniker. I, I don't know. It, that was off-putting. But I think the biggest problem for me with this movie is the previous Thor movie was gold, right? It was Ra- uh, Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok rules. Yeah, I've seen that like three or four times. So good. It's the first Thor movie that like just goes deep on like Thor is now a comedian basically. Uh, And it's, it's a, it's comedy movie. This movie, Thor love and thunder is trying to recapture that and is trying way too hard in my opinion. And a lot of the jokes are just too try hard for me. Uh, And it doesn't, doesn't quite work uh, nearly as well as Thor Ragnarok did, at least for me. CJ, have you seen this one? I have. Yes. What were were your thoughts on, on that topic? Yeah, I I gave it a three out of five on Letterboxd, <laughs> okay. which is, I think, my sort of like default Marvel movie rating, because I'm like, yeah, it was entertaining. It's I, I didn't hate it, but like, yeah, exactly. It's fine. I, I yeah. loved Ragnarok so much more than this one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can we talk about one spoiler thing really quick? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we spoiled sure. the other movie a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so Natalie Portman has cancer uh, in this movie, mm-hmm. and she was hoping that her taking up Mulder, the hammer, uh, would would help her with that, but it didn't. And it actually made things worse. And so she ends up dying in in after the last battle. She ends up like dying in Thor's arms. Uh, but pr- earlier in the movie, Thor specifically calls out that the only way you get into uh, Valhalla. Valhalla is if you die in battle. 
Natalie Portman did not die in battle, but she in the post credit scene is literally in Valhalla. And also I would say she died in battle. They had like five minutes of her talking to Thor in his arms and them making out. Like, I don't know. It's yeah, she was struck battle, down in battle. Yeah, but so was that other woman. And Thor said, well, actually, you just lost your arm and you're not going to, even if you die now, you're not going to make it. I don't know. That just, uh, clearly there's some things that rub me the wrong way. I, I So this movie in Rotten Tomatoes got a 64%, which is higher than I would have thought. Audience of 77. I'm giving it a, a six, which is the same as you yeah. basically, right? 3.3 yep. out of five. Yeah. Entertaining enough, but like nothing to write home about. Yeah, definitely not the best Thor movie. Um, they did some clever things, though. They, in order to like recap stuff, they had like, and this is something that Avatar did, uh, the comic or the the uh, anime show, but uh, they have like a dramatic retelling of one of the previous movies through like a stage play <laughs> of people like yeah. dressed up as Thor and Loki and uh, Odin. And uh, that was pretty funny. Oh, and uh, Loki was played by uh, it's Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> He's yeah. Reason. He does that in all the Thor movies. He does. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally it's don't in Ragnarok that. too. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, well, and the guy <laughs> in in that little play, the guy playing Thor is one of the Hemsworth brothers. Oh, okay. He looked familiar. I knew he was an actor. I just I didn't know he's a Hemsworth though. Huh. Yeah, he's the he's the third one, the less talked about one, I'm pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> huh. Yeah. Interesting. But it's, yeah, it's always Matt Damon in those plays, and they take it very seriously. It's very funny. That's great. So yeah, some parts are good. Some parts are yeah, could be, could be better. I don't know. I would say uh, I know. Yeah, Black Adam not really recommend. I liked Shazam. So if if you do want to okay. like dip into more of the DC one, I thought Shazam was good. Okay, that's good to know. I also remember specifically talking to Zach from that Have to podcast about Shazam, and he also really liked it. Okay, that's good. That it takes a lot for that guy to to really like something. I feel like so. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, what's next up on your list? Yeah, so next up on mine is I'm often looking for just kind of like lighthearted comedies. I feel like comedies aren't made too frequently anymore. Um, and sometimes I'm in the mood for nothing really like serious. I just want like something to throw on that'll make me laugh. Um, so this is a comedy central movie called out of office. Eliza got the new job. You never had trouble getting the job. It was keeping the job. That was the Rubik's cube. Our little company has been acquired. Our jobs, are they in danger? Absolutely. Are you ready to work? You're an agitator. I'm an It's your choice to be unskilled workers. Remind me what it is this company does. Seriously? Look at my hands, like a bird. We work hard till we are as hard as a rock. I'm infertile. Huh. We will always be there for you if you need us. See, the point is, Missy Moo, we won't. Huh. Hello, is this the meeting? <laughs> you think it's funny? I'm gonna cut off your dick. It's written and directed by Paul uh, Lieberstein. If I'm pronouncing that correctly, but this cast list, here we go. It's Ken Jeong, who's married to Leslie Jones in the movie. 
You have uh, Jay Farrow from SNL fame. Another person I'm going to mispronounce her name probably. uh, Milana Vantrub. She's the AT&T woman on the commercials. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, She's also, I don't want to demean her. She's in a lot of good movies. Uh, Oscar Nunez, um, Emily Pentergast, Chris Gethard, Sherry O'Terry, Jim Rash, Paul F. Tompkins, Jason Alexander. Ah, okay. So it's like a star, like like in the comedy world, star-studded cast. Yeah. I really liked it. It made me laugh a lot. It's, it's It's like a cool hour and a half long, I think. Oh, no, two hours. It hit two hours. Okay. What's it about? So it's about, you can, I get the sense that it's kind of a, like, pandemic movie, um, because the main premise is they're all employees, and Ken Jeong is their boss, but they have to sit in a Zoom room all day while they work, because <laughs> they they fear that if they're not in the meeting, they're going to be slacking off. Mm. So God. it's like the eight of them or whatever have to talk all day awkwardly in this like meeting. So they're all coworkers. Yeah. Okay. I recommend it. If you're looking for something just kind of like lighthearted and fun, not super serious and it's funny, but when I was looking it up, it only has four critic reviews on rotten tomatoes. (laughs) It's gotta be because it's a TV movie, right? Yeah, I think so. Wait, also, IMDb says it's two hours long, but Rotten Tomatoes says it's an hour 26. I definitely maybe, think it's more an hour 26. Maybe IMDb watched it with commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While it was airing on Comedy Central. Yeah, right. maybe. Right. Yeah. That's I, weird. It was like an hour and a half sounds correct. I don't, it was not long of a movie. Weird. One critic gave it three out of five. Another one gave it two and a half out of four. But then another critic gave it a D plus. And another one gave it a two out of four. Hmm. Um, okay. So kind of mixed. And the audience score is a 38, which is oh, rough. God, that's pretty bad for an audience score. But you yeah. liked it. I really liked it. Okay. How'd you hear about it? Were you watching Comedy Central? Um, I think, no, I think I, I, I heard it uh, being promoted by some of the, those people that I follow. Like, I, okay. I, I think I remember Paul F. Tompkins talking about it and maybe Chris Gethard too. Okay. I w- they, my favorite part is the dynamic between Ken Jeong and Leslie Jones as a married couple. They just That's fight, and it's very interesting. funny. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Dang. So all in all, I think I gave it I gave it a three and a half out of five on Letterboxd, so like a seven overall. I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, so my next one is a movie that I want to talk about, but we're never going to do on the podcast, like even if... I were to choose it, I wouldn't make you sit through this movie. Uh, it's a movie that came out recently in theaters, surprisingly. It's a movie called Skinamarink, which is uh, best described as an experimental horror movie. Like, highly experimental is probably the best way to put it. In this world. In this house, in this house, in 
Uh, but somehow it got a wide theatrical release for a couple of weeks, which I, I don't totally understand. Um, we're, we're in a very weird time with horror because very, very indie horror movies are getting huge releases. And I don't totally understand why, but I'm for it. I think it's good, even if the movies are not. Uh, the, so, because the, over, um, over October of last year, they had Art the, Art the Clown is the bad guy in it, Terrifier. Uh, Terrifier 2 got a wide release. Have you heard of Terrifier? Nope. It's, a, it's an ultra-violent movie with this creepy-ass clown who goes around killing people. Um, but that got a huge release and got made a ton of money. So I think maybe that's why these other movies are getting big releases. But anyway, Skin Marink. 2022, directed by Kyle Edward Ball, who I'm sure no one's ever heard of because I'm sure this is the only movie he's ever made. <laughs> it's, huh, how do I talk about this movie? The plot is very hard to glean from what is happening on the screen, but uh, two children, at least the, the Wikipedia plot that I had to read afterwards to understand what the fuck I just watched, was that two children wake up in <laughs> a house. Yeah, I know. No, this is, this is so crazy. Um, Two children wake up in a house, in their house, but all of the doors and windows are gone, and their parents aren't there either. Um, I think they live with just their dad. And that's it, and they're just, like, surviving. Um, And they realize that the toilet is also gone, too, so I I think they're peeing in a bucket. Uh, They're young children, too. They're, like, three and four or four or five or something like that. Like, young young kids. Um, But the way all of this is portrayed to you is through an extremely grainy, completely off-centered shot uh, from shots from like around the house. So you never see the kids like at all. You might see like part of their body, but you never see their faces or anything like that. Um, You'll see like their feet on the ground. Uh, It's extremely crackly and grainy. Uh, And mainly the kids are just like watching cartoons on this TV uh, for half the time. But slowly they begin to learn that there's this other entity in the house with them. But, uh, it's so fucking slow. It's, it's nearly two hours long of like just kids cartoons on the TV and basically nothing happening. Uh, Hmm. and Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. It it was really rough. We were, I was talking to Sam a couple days ago at, uh, at your place, uh, friend of the show, Sam, uh, who also saw it. And we were talking about how, like, the best way you're supposed to watch it is, like, completely in the dark uh, with, like, no distractions. And I did that because I went to a theater to see it, and it still didn't land for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So, anyway, I just wanted to gripe about that because it's, uh, it was, I, I just wanted to make it worthwhile for me having seen it. So. <laughs> CJ, is this something you might have wanted to watch? <laughs> Probably not, no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, Score wise, what are you what are you getting given it, and what did the people think? Okay, well, let's start with the people. So, <laughs> I don't understand this, but it got a seventy one percent Rotten Tomatoes. I think just because it, this dude's trying something new, but it got a forty four percent for the audience score. Uh, I'm giving it a one out of ten because it was wow very hard to sit through. Um, it's cool that it exists and that people are trying new things with horror, but like, I don't know, man, it didn't work for me. And before we move on, I just want to call out, there's another experimental horror movie that is in theaters now, uh, kind of filling that same role that's going on uh, called The Outwaters that I also saw. I saw it like a super advanced screening of it uh, really last year. 
that is better than Skinamarink. I would give hmm. that like a four out of ten, maybe, because at least there's some sort of plot you can kind of follow up till a point. So maybe check that out if you're in the mood for experimental horror in the theater. But otherwise, there's much better movies out there. So don't worry about it. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting for sure. I like I I used I think I told you I used to watch new horror like brand new horror indie horror every weekend just to like stay up on the latest stuff and Mm -hmm. eventually got burnt out of that um so now i'm picking and choosing and clearly choosing wrong but (laughs) yeah do you you differ from the critics usually that much with these types of ones some of them i'll like just because i i don't know like the content maybe more yeah i mean i i'm much lower clearly on skinner inc than the critics i mean they loved it for some reason i don't know yeah sounds weird very weird very weird if you're curious maybe check it out it's on shutter now uh if anyone has shutter which is probably no one but just me okay not me (laughs) that's for sure yeah cool well the next movie we both had right yeah, oddly enough, we, we decided we were going to do this and then just happened to find out that uh, this movie was on both of our lists that we wanted to talk about, which is The Menu. Twelve customers total. How do they turn a profit? Twelve fifty a head, that's how. What, are we eating a Rolex? We'll endeavor to make your evening as pleasant as possible. Welcome to Hawthorne. Here we are family. He's not just a chef, he's a storyteller. The game is trying to guess what the overarching theme of the entire meal is going to be. You won't know till the end. The Menu 2022 is the menu directed by Mark Mylod. That's my guess. Yep. Okay. Written by uh, Seth Reese, who is a writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. Oh, do you think they have problems with like having the same first name? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Seth, what, what? which one? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, this, it's, it's interesting that he's written by a, uh, a comedy writer because this movie's trailer highly indicates that this is a horror movie, which to an extent it is, but at the same time, it, I don't know, I, the way I've been describing it to people is it's a a dark satire. Yeah. I think I've read descriptions of that too, like a black comedy or like yeah i i don't think i would say horror like yeah it definitely feels more like a thriller in that it's like suspenseful Mm -hmm. but it's violent at times but yeah i I don't know why i wouldn't classify it as horror necessarily i think there i think there are parts that are horror because you know people well shit this is a brand new movie i feel bad about spoiling this one yeah Uh, let's not spoil this one because it's new enough for sure what can we say about this? Uh, maybe just the general plot is that uh, yeah. a bunch of people show up at this man's secluded restaurant on a on its own island that's very very exclusive, uh, yeah. and begin to work their way through this uh, menu of the of titular items. menu, the titular menu, uh, which they don't really choose off of menu. It's just a uh, what like a course meal or something that slowly gets rolled out yeah. throughout the night. Um, and we begin to uh, the uh, the chef says that every meal that he serves has an overarching theme and story, uh, mm-hmm. and we slowly learn what the story is for this one. That's a good bum, teasing bum, way to, to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was also um, one of the producers is Adam McKay 
from like comedy stuff. Huh. So that it does it does seem to have some like comedy backbones to it. There were a couple of points during this movie I, I laughed out loud, mainly just because it was so funny in contrast to everything else that was so weird and yeah. not, but yeah. Yeah. Critics gave this one an 88 and audience gave it a 76. So a pretty well-liked movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think especially, you know, we've seen quote-unquote horror movies that we expect it to be one thing and it's not. And I'm specifically thinking of Malignant. Yeah, because we saw Malignant, uh, which was uh, advertised to be you know, like the scariest horror movie of the year or whatever. And it was something else. It was not the scariest horror movie of the year. It was like a spoof of horror movies kind of. And yeah, I don't know. But the menu, it's presented as a horror movie, but it's not. But it's okay that it's not, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, it's something else entirely that I, I enjoyed. I don't know. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, I, I really liked it. Um, I ended up giving this a, a four to four out of five stars on Letterboxd. So that comes out to mm-hmm. like an eight. Which, yeah, wow. I, I would definitely high. give this an eight. Yeah. Nice. I, I was along for the ride. Was very curious, especially once you, again, I won't spoil anything, but once you sort of learn what's happening, then my mind jumped to like, yeah, I wonder how are they going to sort of wrap all of this up? What is the ending going to be? And mm-hmm. without going into detail, I thought the ending was okay. I, I, I struggled to think of a different way to do it, but yeah, maybe not the strongest but I sort of get it, and it would be hard to do anything else, kind of. Yeah. yeah I didn't love... I, I thought the ending was fine. I thought... And this is so meta, but I thought the last meal was kind of dumb. But um, yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I, I gave it a lower score than you, actually. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. I still liked it. Um, I just didn't, didn't love it or anything. But I thought it was worth a watch, for sure. Yeah, definitely a recommend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll have to talk afterwards about that ending because it's uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's nothing yeah. too crazy or anything, but it, it's just it's got to talk about it. Um, so yeah, those are our uh, our three movies we've seen recently. I actually had a couple of of TV shows I've seen that I just want to quickly rattle off about. Um, yeah, let's hear them. They're both Netflix shows. The first one is okay. a South Korean show called Physical 100. Ken, uh, this same party that you had just referenced or you were talking to Sam, I was talking to different people about that show. Oh, have you seen it too? <laughs> I've, I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I, saw, I saw the like trailer or where like, you know, Netflix will sort of start playing it when you hover over it. Yeah. And it, it at least piqued my interest. But yeah, I'm curious to hear what you think. So the, the general gist, for those who don't know, is 100 of the most fit people in South Korea from every, any, any physical activity you can think of, they, they got, and like famous people too. They got like this one MMA fighter who is like world known. Uh, and they also got some baseball guy who is just straight up American, uh, but he's giant and everyone has a bust of their chest. That's like cast in, I don't know, probably concrete or something. And as each person is eliminated, they have to smash up their chest because they weren't the most physical uh, specimen or whatever. But yeah, the idea is to find the most uh, well-rounded physical person uh, in South Korea, basically, out of these 100 people. And they do challenges just to slowly cut down on the number of people. 
left, uh, very Squid Games style, except, you know, less brutal. And yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just interesting. The the, <laughs> the one thing that we, we like it a lot because we watch like the challenge and stuff like that, except this is less dramatic, uh, for sure, less dramatic and maybe a little bit more boring. Uh, but the one thing that is the weird like South Korean show thing, but anytime they do like a replay of something, like if, if someone gets like thrown to the ground because they're wrestling, they'll get like the audience reaction and they're like, whoa. But then they do the replay like three times in a row from like different camera angles, but every time they use the same audio. So it's no. like, whoa, 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 whoa. And we're like, stop it. That is enough. <laughs> Don't don't keep using the same audio over and over again. Oh my god! Um, it's like a weird looping thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a, it's a weird stylistic reality choice. Um, but anyway, aside from that, that's just a funny quirk. But it's good. Uh, yeah. It's still airing. But by the time you listen to this, I think all the episodes will be out. Um, and yeah, it gets it gets better as it goes too because it's the early challenges. Uh, you know, they're whittling down a ton of people. Yeah. So you see the same thing over and over and over again, but it, it gets better. Um, Isn't more is it a hundred people? Isn't that mm-hmm. where the name comes from? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a hundred hundred people all all at once, all together. Um, yeah, but it's cool because they they all kind of know each other because they're all a lot of them are like famous or like YouTube famous or they're like oh my god like I was just watching your YouTube video earlier today like <laughs> that's awesome that you're here. Um, yeah, even though like I don't know who they are. Builders. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so worth a recommend. Well, I talked about that way more than I meant to, sorry. Uh, and then one more, also a, uh, Asian thing, but this is anime. So Japanese, uh, is a cute little anime called Kotaro lives alone, which also on Netflix, uh, is just this little boy who lives alone and he's very polite and, uh, he lives in an apartment building with other people who, uh, are all just nice and worried about him and try to take care of him. And not much more to say. It's just a cute little show that Meg really likes and uh, it's canceled. But anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for cute anime, which I've never watched before besides this. Uh, yeah, it's good. Nice. For now that you've, you've brought up anime, uh, I just want to recommend the anime show Chainsaw Man. Yes, I will be binging that uh, on yeah. my flights. <laughs> That is my nice. plan. Okay. Yeah. You and friend of the show, Danny, uh, from the Double Murder Podcast, we've been talking about anime recently, mm-hmm. and I've been recommending that show to you guys, and yeah, give it, like, it's probably like a 9 out of 10. I loved it. Damn. Nice. Yeah. And that's, you had recently finally watched all of Evangelion, yes. which we've done an episode on, but at the time you hadn't seen any of it. Right. Um, and so now I've seen talking about a ton of it. That. Yeah. You've seen a lot of it. <laughs> Yeah. We're, I think we're going to have to, once you watch the movies, I think we might need to have Danny back on and maybe we can talk about the movies. Yeah. That might be worthwhile. I finished the first movie at time oh, of okay. record. Nice. Uh, didn't really get it. Didn't really seem to add much at all if you've seen the show. But yeah. I, I think as the movies progress, I hear then they start to like change a bit. So yeah looking it, forward it, to definitely starting one. with the second one it uh is very different and new characters arrive and stuff like that okay so. cool okay i'm looking forward to that then yeah because the first one yeah. i was just like yeah I, I know all this i watched the show none of this right. is different <laughs> right exactly but, okay cool all right well that's it for uh for all of our recommendations unless you got anything else you'd... that's it where can people find us 
You can follow us on all the things at Overtalking Pod. Uh, email us like actor Wayne Knight did at overtalkingpod.gmail.com. If you have any recommendations or shows and movies you think we should check out, uh, go to our website, overtalkingpod.party. If you want to see all of our past guests and previous uh, shows and episodes, if you want to follow me on Letterboxd to see some of these reviews, it's at CJ and then the word double and the word U, D O U B L E Y O U. Yeah, if you want to follow me, my letterbox handle is KDRISC01. Not super easy, but uh, that's it. Yeah, you can follow us along. Yeah, follow along. Um, and uh, oh no, they're here. <laughs> the Overtalking Overlords have arrived. They're our ghastly otherworldly landlords. Who show up at the end of every episode remind me to remind you, if you like the show, please go on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rate and review. Reviews are to help people find out this podcast. Also, we spend enough money in advertising, so if you like the show, please tell a friend and spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, that's it. And as we always say, see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye. This episode of the Overtalking Podcast was produced by Ken and CJ. Edited by CJ. Music by Justin Peters. Logo by Nate Richards. Check out Nate's work on Instagram at Nate Richards Designs.